You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Radio Show. Hey, this is your host, Matt Breckwald, and it is great to have you back again with us here again today. Well, all of us who live out in the West, we love to get out and enjoy our public lands, and we like to get out there with our favorite pets and let them run around and go out and explore and see everything that has to offer, all the way from eastern Oregon to the Treasure Valley of Idaho, down to the Magic Valley, into the South Hills, all over we like to get out and explore. Well, occasionally, we will run across a trap set. Somebody is actually out trapping wildlife, and when we run across that, it creates maybe a potential hazard for our pets if we have our dogs out there with us and they're off-leash, or we might even run into a trap set where an animal that has actually been trapped and it's sitting there in the trap waiting for the trapper to show up and take care of it. So I thought that really happens during the winter. So for January, this would be a great time to discuss this and have some experts on to talk all about how this works, why we have trapping, and what to do if you encounter an animal that's been trapped or if your own pet gets trapped. So today we're going to have on Corey Mosby, who is a fur bearer biologist with the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, as well as Greg Wooten will be back on the show, the enforcement chief for the Department of Idaho Fish and Game, talking all about trapping, what to be on the lookout for, and what to do if your pet gets caught in a trap. We'll have that coming up to you here in just a moment. All right, Greg and Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Hey, you bet. Well, Greg, I'm glad to have you back on. And Corey, it's great to meet you and have you on the show. And I'm really eager to, to speak about this topic today. You know, I, I was thinking about what we should do for a January show. And I was thinking about trapping. And it dawned on me that it's just been a few years ago that somebody's pet, their dog, got caught in somebody's leg trap up, I think it was in Holes Gulch or that area of Boise. And, and it, it was a big news story. And I was thinking about that. And I thought, well, you know what we could do? We could do a show and just devote it to talking about trapping, how uh, people can keep their dogs from getting caught in trapper sets and what to do if that happens. And then also you know, why do we trap? I mean, what is what is the purpose behind this and, and what's it all about? So if, if you guys are good with that, we'll just jump right in. Yeah, Go let's get started. All right. Well, Corey, let's start off like this really quick. Tell us just your title and, and what you do. Okay. Yeah. My name's Corey Mosby. I'm the fur bear biologist for the Idaho Department of Fish and Game. And in my position, I coordinate the statewide management of Idaho's fur bears. I identify research needs and all right. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and Greg, how about you? Yeah, I'm Greg Wooten, Chief of Enforcement for Idaho Department of Fish and Game. Uh, manages the statewide enforcement program. So it's about 111 commissioned peace officers for the state of Idaho. And at any given time, there's 77 or 78 that could be out uh, checking trappers. All right. Well, let's start off. Let's let folks who don't know what trapping is, what it looks like in the state of Idaho. Talk about trapping for a second. Why are folks doing it? Why does the state of Idaho uh, like to have people out there trapping? And and if you could, Corey. Yeah, sure. Um, That's a fun and big question. (laughs) Yeah. So why do people trap? You know, from the social science, from interviewing people who do partake in this activity, it's an important lifestyle choice. It gives folks A really great way to interact in the outdoors with a whole suite of species that most of us, while be it they are common, we may have never even seen them. Mm -hmm. And 
So, you know, they do it because it's an important lifestyle activity. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something they really enjoy. It's a great opportunity to get out and enjoy the outdoors. As far as why it's important to us, you know, regulated trapping, like Chief Wooten just mentioned, you know, we have a whole suite of enforcement agents out there Mm -hmm. in the field. Trapping is a highly regulated activity in this state. And from that, we actually gain a lot of valuable information, whether it's it's an ability to monitor these suite of species, whether it's mink or marten or beavers or otters, bobcats. It enables us to collect data, the age and sex structure of that population that we wouldn't otherwise be able to get. Uh, it also, like from those harvested animals, we can, working with trappers, we collect information on genetics to look at the genetic health of populations. Mm-hmm. We can monitor for disease outbreaks. There's a whole wide array of things like that that apply to regulated trapping. When it comes to folks involved in the like in agriculture, um, mm-hmm. you know, regulated trapping has the ability to help mediate some of the damage caused by by fur bears, whether it's beavers cutting down trees or clogging up irrigation systems or coyotes depredating on livestock. Mm-hmm. You know, private trappers have the ability to help mediate some of those damages. Well, it sounds to me like it's kind of a win-win situation. There's a recreational, but also a professional opportunity for trappers. But at the same time, the state's getting something back in terms of being able to learn more about the species that are out there. Definitely. Well, that's that's great. And what do we see most of in Idaho? Are, are most trappers, are they professionals or are they recreationists? Most people trap part-time, as in that's you know not the primary income. Mm-hmm. And if you interview trappers as a whole, the income is not the actual reason that they are out there doing that. It may have a component, uh-huh. but people do this because they love the activity and they're engaged in like interacting with these species. And the vast majority of people partaking in trapping in Idaho are folks doing it part time. Well, let's do this. I've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to talk about, for folks who are concerned about their dogs or other animals or maybe livestock in an area where trapping might be going on, how can they recognize if that's going on and what to do if there is an encounter in that sense? It's a pretty super life here at D&B Supply, even for dogs and cats, because we now carry Wildology, the only pet food with Super Life Pro, a live probiotic blended with superfoods. Wildology is filled with the good stuff your pet needs to support a healthy body and immune system like wholesome proteins kale chia seeds and blueberries because a healthy pet makes for a happy pet unleash your pet superpower and pick up wildology cat and dog food at your favorite D&B supply after a long day on your feet nothing feels better than slipping into some twisted x moccasins so pick up a pair at D&B supply these aren't your ordinary shoes with roots and western boots Twisted X creates handcrafted, comfortable moccasins that stand out from the pack. They capture the spirit of the American West from the design down to the soles. Find your new favorite comfort shoes with a pair of Twisted X moccasins available at your favorite D&B supply. All right, gentlemen. Well, now that we're back, let's talk about this really quick. So really, the the point of this show is is to educate the public. And and what I want to do or the the thing I really want to emphasize is for folks who are going to have their dogs out in areas where trappers may have their sets or maybe even other other animals, if if that's a possibility, how can they recognize uh, and possibly avoid messing up somebody's trap set or trap line? Or if their animal does get caught uh, in a trap, what can they do? 
I'll yeah, I was going to let Corey take that, but I wanted to mention before we go there. Uh-huh. Um, well, so he, he had talked about part-time trappers. Uh-huh. I mean, that's inherent around agriculture and ranching and places where right. they spend most of their time. Their primary function in the way that they earn a living is in the summertime, but in the wintertime when it gets snowy, there's not a whole lot going on. That's when the furs are the best. Mm-hmm. That's when they are prime and they can get the most money for them. So that's what, why they do it part-time and it right. also fills the winter void. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So how do so, people recognize if they're, if they might be stumbling across somebody's mm-hmm. trap line? So, you know, that's a very visual thing. And anybody interested in learning more about that, the first thing I would recommend them to do is actually go to our website, go to the trapping page, Mm -hmm. and we have two links to YouTube videos. Or you could obviously just, you know, search on the YouTube website itself, Mm -hmm. Idaho Fishing Game Trapping. And we have two videos on there. One is how to recognize some of the commonly used sets. that the public may encounter when they're out, you know, doing whatever activity. And also in the event that your animal, and when I say animal, I'm mainly referring to people's dogs. Mm -hmm. So if your dog was caught in a trap, Mm -hmm. how to handle that situation to make sure and get your dog out of that set safely for you and for your pet. So those would be the first two things that I would recommend folks to do. Yeah, and I would jump in there and say, I totally agree with that because if your dog gets caught in a trap, it's an emotional event. I can tell you from firsthand experience, it is not fun. Your dog is not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it sounds as though they are not going to survive. And when you try to remove the dog from the trap, if you are not cautious, you are going to get bit no matter how long you've had that dog, no matter how tame that dog is, really? and how long you've been around it. If you just dive in and start trying to take this trap off of the dog, you are going to get bit. So piece of caution there. That's interesting. I've got the biggest sweetheart of a dog out in the backyard right now. I cannot imagine her getting mad and biting me, but I believe you because you know how those instincts can kick in. Yeah, and you know, while the video does a much better job of going into this subject in detail, I think the cliff notes for listeners are if your animal is caught in a foothold trap, and Mm -hmm. um, so I... Sorry to circle back, but people often call them leg hold traps, but they're actually not. They're foothold traps, and they're designed to capture target animals across the pad of their foot. And if anyone's ever felt the pad of a dog's foot Mm -hmm. or a coyote or had that opportunity to feel that on a wild animal, that pad is a really rugged thing. Think of it as almost as your shoe. So when that trap is closing on the animal, it is startling it. It scares it. It, while it may hurt... Like a foothold trap is not designed to cause injury. It's meant to restrain that animal. Mm-hmm. So the same traps that we use on that you'll find on, let's say, a wolf trapper's trap line in Idaho are the mm-hmm. exact same traps that Idaho Fish and Game uses to safely capture wolves and put radio collars on them where we need those animals healthy. Okay. So if you ever do run into this situation, it's important to just take a step back and not rush in and not panic, which is the first thing all of us want to do mm-hmm. because our beloved pet is terrified. Take your jacket off, take your shirt off, cautiously approach your pet, face it, and what you want to do is take the sleeve of whatever piece of clothing you just took off mm-hmm. and run it over the animal's head because just like Chief Wooten was saying that animal's going to be scared and it may try and bite you. Okay. Once you have that over its head, whether the trap, the foothold trap is a long spring or a coil spring trap, essentially there are two levers on the sides of each of the jaws. You can use your own body weight 
you know, you can stand on the levers mm-hmm. or you can use the palms of your hand and press down. Your dog's going to be helping you out because it's going to constantly be pulling sure. against that trap. And while it may seem intimidating, you know, Idaho Fishing Game, as well as the Trappers Associations, works a lot with the public at these rattlesnake avoidance trainings that are hosted throughout the mm-hmm. um, throughout the area here. And we have people come in that are teenagers, 100 pounds, junior high kids that can depress the springs on a okay. wolf trap. It's um, just not being intimidated and using your body weight to your advantage. Now, along those same lines, what what kind of traps, I guess, what are the variety of traps that are legal in Idaho that people might encounter when they're out enjoying public lands? Sure. So there are three main types of traps that are used in Idaho. So that the foothold trap, which we've mm-hmm. mostly been discussing about uh, the body gripping trap, which is most commonly like. Like common nomenclature, they call it a conibear, but that's actually after the last name of the gentleman who invented it in Canada however many years ago. Okay. And then there's also a trap referred to as a snare. Foothold traps are meant to be a restraining device like we just discussed. They're meant to hold the animal alive without harming it. Mm-hmm. Body gripping traps are the exact opposite. They are meant to kill the animal as quickly and humanely as possible. Okay. And therein lies like the the great utilization and like cautiousness in using that tool on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And then snares for the most part in Idaho are also meant to be a lethal device. Okay. Now when somebody, if the, if somebody does encounter this situation and they release their pet from a trap, they've just uh, altered the trap that somebody has legally placed out there. So mm-hmm. what are their legal obligations at this point? What do they need to do? Well, so if they, if they haven't damaged the trap, they simply just need to leave it alone. I, I understand that they have tripped the trap, but when a trapper comes back and finds it, he will just reset it because uh, it is required by law for all of our traps to be marked. Mm-hmm. So there is either a trapper ID number on it, on the trap, which would relate to a specific trapper, or they can put their name and uh, address phone number on mm-hmm. the trap to mark it as well. So uh, I personally don't recommend uh, messing with the trap at all okay um, just leave the area and remember where it's at so that if you come back one thing uh, about those three traps is the foothold trap while it could cause injury it's not designed to the other two that he talked to is uh, the conner bear or the body gripping trap and those snares and those are the ones where if, if if you have a dog that gets caught in those traps it's incumbent upon you to act as quickly as possible to try to get that animal get that dog out of those traps because okay. their life is in danger at yeah. that point and that's why it is beneficial to go online and look at that video so you can kind of see what those mm-hmm. traps are uh, because the snare once the animal pulls away from the snare it tightens down on their neck and it's choking them so they're very easy to take <laughs> off but if you don't know and if you haven't seen these traps it's not easy and it's okay. especially not easy under stress so awareness Obviously. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, with the body gripping traps and snares, both it's pretty hard to describe through yeah. a podcast how the best techniques to release your pet from those types of traps. All right, let's take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, I got another follow up question on if your animal does get in a trap, and, and we'll talk about some of the legalities and laws and training and all of that. When you're stuck out in the cold or want to cozy up in your off the grid cabin, a Honda generator gets you going. Stop by DMB Supply to pick up one of these power players. Quiet, lightweight, and fuel efficient, Honda generators make winter camping, ice fishing, 
and even power outages more bearable. Take on the elements in a way you can take anywhere. Get all fired up for anything that winter brings and grab a Honda generator at your neighborhood D&B. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B Supply. All right. Well, as we were talking about uh, releasing your, say, your dog from a foothold trap or something like that, it dawned on me about uh, the obligation of the person whose dog got in the trap. What about courtesy to that trapper, the person who's gone out there, they've invested in the equipment, got the license, the training, they've set that trap. Now, after you've released your dog, you've probably put your scent and your dog's scent all over this trap. Should we make an effort to notify the trapper that, hey, you might want to do something about the scent on this trap because we've we fouled it up so that's going to be a personal choice uh obviously anytime you put scent on a trap it can compromise what the trapper's trying to accomplish <laughs> yeah, there. Right. so i definitely understand what you're where you're coming from so the only way to contact that trapper is to put more scent on that trap that's why i strongly <laughs> recommend that you just leave the trap alone and unless you can obviously see that it's on private property or that you cannot visibly with just your eyes see that it's not tagged properly because it has to be tagged uh, by law, Mm -hmm. then I would call a conservation officer or call the fish and game office and give them the location of the trap and and explain what happened and where it is. And then we can have an officer go check it. But if you pick up the trap and start going through the chain, trying to find the tag and see if you can find the phone number or the address, you're just putting more scent on it. I don't recommend that. So I guess what I was thinking is like the trapper comes to check their set. They find the trap has been tripped, but there's no animal in it. Are they just going to go somebody or something that's not what I'm after must've done this and I need to remove the scent from this trap? Are they going to, is that kind of intuitive for a trapper? Or? It's intuitive for the trapper. It's okay. not uncommon for them to find a trap that's been tripped uh, even out of place because an animal, animals do get out of these traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there are sizes of traps that you can purchase, and there are uh, restrictions on what sizes you can use for particular animals, and I don't want to get into those details. I just simply say that because a larger animal gets in a smaller trap, he'll easily pull out. Now, in terms of areas where people might find traps, uh, as we were talking earlier off the air, I was surprised to hear that just using Boise as an example, people can set traps along the Boise River right through the middle of town. Right. So in Idaho's constitution, we have the right to hunt, fish, and trap. So all citizens of Idaho need to be aware of that because people can legally go out and trap if they're doing so in accordance with the rules and they have the right trapping license and they're Mm -hmm. using the right equipment. Uh, As what Corey mentioned, it's highly regulated. And so trapping is not something that you can just buy a license and go do, Mm -hmm. which would lead me to the new mandatory trapper education. You want to cover that, Corey? Yeah, that sounds good. So the rule just passed this summer, if you are a trapper in the state of Idaho or coming to the state of Idaho to trap, Mm -hmm. and you have not purchased your first license to trap either in Idaho or a state that has comparable rules and regulations, before 2011, you are legally required to take a trapper education class offered by Idaho Fish and Game or an equivalent course in another state. Okay before you can go and buy a trapping license and partake in this activity. 
And while those classes do teach, you know, the basic techniques and the rules and the regs for that given state, I think one of the most important pieces that those classes focus on are the ethics behind trapping. So while it may be legal to set a trap in a certain spot because you are on public land or Mm -hmm. you are within a public waterway, ethically, is it a good idea if that's a really popular site for other recreationists? Mm -hmm. And um, it really just helps instill the idea of being considerate to all users when we're using these tools and also like thinking about where we should use some of these tools that have the potential to have much larger effects. So like how we just discussed um, body gripping traps or lethal Mm -hmm. foothold traps are meant to restrain. So as long as you are not on someone's private property, so for instance, we can talk about the Boise River Mm -hmm. going through the city of Boise. So recreationists can access that river and they can go up and down that river and trappers can actually place traps along that river. But getting back to what Corey just mentioned, the trapper education course always talks about, should I actually place a trap here? Mm -hmm. So when you are considering, or if trappers are considering trapping in those locations, I think they need to put a lot of serious thought into where they're trapping what they're trapping for, what traps they want to put out, because in those areas where there's high probability of conflict with humans or domestic animals, those negative incidents can have uh, negative impacts on trappers and Idaho sportsmen. Far-reaching negative impacts. All right, that makes sense. Let's take another break, and when we come back, uh, let's talk about what to do if you come upon a wild animal that's been trapped. Know how to work it on and off the job? Wear Dickies with jeans, pants, shirts, and more made for all you hardworking, good-looking types. Find what's fit to be worn at D&B. Since 1922, Dickies has been making it work with denim and other duds that go the distance. These days, Dickies comes in all fits, fabrics, styles, and sizes, but one core thing holds true. They sure do hold up. When you want to wear it well without wearing it out, pick up some Dickies at D&B Supply. In the thick of winter, it's time to think about a thick, full lawn. No, really. At DMB Supply, we plan ahead and carry Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed so you can get a head start, too. For a better lawn this spring, limit foot traffic on those brittle leaves of grass, sharpen your mower blades, and schedule lawn feedings by creating reminders on your phone or calendar. Then pick up some Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed on your next trip to your favorite DMB Supply. All right. Well, Greg, now that we're back I, off the air, you said you wanted to clarify something about uh, the number of trappers we actually have in the state of Idaho and, and kind of some of these ethical decisions that go in into where to place traps. Go ahead with that. Right. And I think that's what led to uh, us adopting a mandatory trappers education course. We had an increase in trappers mm-hmm. and it was around the time that we started allowing folks to trap wolves in the state of Idaho, which also coincided with some high prices for bobcat hides. And so we did get a large increase of trappers buying trapping licenses and trapping. So we had uh, a large number of those who had never trapped before in and many different age classes too. So older folks, right, retired folks, mm-hmm. uh, younger folks. We just had a lot of new trappers out there. And again, trapping is hard and it takes a lot to, even if you're going to do it on your own, when to become successful you have to work at it it's not something you can just go do Mm -hmm. and so even though those folks have to work at it it was recognized on a few rare occasions 
that some of those folks who hadn't trapped before maybe set a trap in the wrong place and maybe that's why we started trapping some of these domestic dogs because uh, mm-hmm. it was just in the wrong place a place where it's very busy and a lot of people and a lot of hiking and dog walking and so that's one of the reasons that we uh created this mandatory trappers education to try to help people understand that and again clarify the uh the parameters on that who has to take the mandatory trappers education if they want to trap so if you have if you're purchasing your first trappers license and you have not had a trappers license before july 2011 you have to take trapper education course okay and if you are going to trap wolves that is another trapper education course so there's a basic trapper education course at trappers that covers just basic trapping and Mm -hmm. all of your fur bears the one particular species wolves there's a requirement that you take an additional course just to trap wolves and everyone has to do that one anyone who's going to trap wolves okay has to do that and you cannot trap wolves unless you purchase a wolf license either a trapping license or a hunting license, Mm -hmm. but you can use both of those tags. So in order to trap wolves, first you have to have that tag, and so you're obviously committing to trapping wolves. The only way to to do that is with this wolf trapper education. And with the creation of these laws, you had uh, the assistance or the buy-in of some professional trapping associations as well? Yeah, most definitely. There's multiple trappers associations across the state of Idaho, and Mm -hmm. they did participate and we're very supportive of this trapper education requirement. Okay, now I want to ask you guys, if if somebody is out enjoying our public lands, maybe they don't even have a dog with them, but they come upon a wild animal who's been trapped in a trap, what should they do? Leave it alone. Okay. Agree. St- pretty straightforward. Now, I, I tend to think that there's going to be some people that are going to come across that and they're going to not know what to do or they might have that same panic reaction in hearing that animal or seeing that animal as somebody does when their own dog gets trapped. They just need to understand that a trapper is going to be coming to check this trap, right? Yes. Trappers are required to check their traps every 72 hours. So within 72 hours, someone will, a trapper will be coming to check that trap and they are aware and they have knowledge and experience of how to release an animal. And if they don't, they will call friends or we, they even call conservation officers to help them remove an animal because uh, there's a bycatch or you happen to catch the species that you're not trying to trap. Mm-hmm. It occasionally happens with bobcat trappers. They might catch a young mountain lion okay. in that trap, which you cannot legally trap mountain lions. Mm-hmm. And so most trappers have are aware and know how to release a lion. But every year we get calls from a young or a new trapper who has a mountain lion, mm-hmm. and we go help them remove the lion from the trap. So, and as far as the general public coming across an animal in a trap, yeah, um, if it's in you know either a body gripping trap or a snare, it's already dead. Okay, but if it's caught in a foothold trap and it's still alive, you know, I I am a trapper and I've also trapped a lot for research purposes mm-hmm. by putting cameras on trap sets and seeing the way animals behave in traps Mm -hmm. contrary to the way the public may feel like when you are seeing that fight response or that animal panicking in that foothold trap it is in large part because you are there okay when you remove yourself from that situation that animal caught is going to calm back down so if you are at i mean like if the person's acting out of concern for that animal Mm -hmm the best thing that they can do for that thing is to leave it alone and get away so it can settle back down. 
That's a good point. All right. Now, just my curiosity bells are just going off. How in the world do you release a cougar? Um, I've done s- several. You either come in with a, like, call a CO, call a regional office. They come out with chemical mobilization drugs and we okay. dart it. Okay. And once it's down, you can release it out, uh-huh. release it out of the trap, give it the reversal, let it go. Or I've seen um, more adventurous methods of releasing animals from traps. Smaller mountain lions, you can definitely use a catch pole. Okay. So that I'm um, thinking of it like the dog catcher's pole. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that's important to remember with any felid is that that pole needs to go under an armpit of the front leg and then over the head because their veins and arteries that go along their trachea are really close to the surface. So you can like make them pass out really easy. Oh, okay. So you, you want to avoid that. So you can cinch them, push the animal against the chain of the trap to like, to kind of immobilize it that way because it's kind of stretched out between mm-hmm. the foothold trap and the catch pole and then remove the jaws or, you know, depress the levers of that trap, pull loose on the catch pole and let it go. Okay. My recommendation would be to call a CO or <laughs> another or someone who's yeah. familiar with it. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was asking. Not uh, not how somebody walking along the trail because I don't want somebody walking along the trail to try and release a cougar. I'm just curious how anyone, including a CO, a conservation officer, can actually do this, uh, especially if you don't have the uh, the chemicals to immobilize the animal. So catch poles mostly how we do it. Uh, it, but we do that in conjunction with a, a tarp or a blanket, a thick blanket to cover the head so that they're not, they can't see. Um, but yeah, it, it can get a little lively sometimes. <laughs> I would assume. You know, working with wildlife, it is impressive how just like how we discussed covering up your dog's face before uh-huh. you remove it from a trap. Yeah. Um, just covering an animal up, whether it's an elk or a deer or a mountain lion or a mm-hmm. bobcat, like it's amazing how much calming effect that has, or at mm-hmm. least how it like reduces their movement. It yeah. is an effective tool. One last break, and let's come back and wrap this whole thing up, all right? Know what boots work as hard as you do? Georgia Boots, and you'll find a great selection at D&B Supply. If you're on your feet all day, Georgia Boots knows the feeling. That's why they've designed exclusive comfort systems that cushion and support down to the bottom of your soles, while on the surface, they shield you from tough conditions with one of the most durable leathers out there. See why they earned the nickname of America's hardest working boots and pick up a pair of Georgia boots at your favorite D&B Supply. It's a pretty super life here at D&B Supply, even for dogs and cats, because we now carry Wildology, the only pet food with Super Life Pro, a live probiotic blended with superfoods. Wildology is filled with the good stuff your pet needs to support a healthy body and immune system, like wholesome proteins, kale, chia seeds, and blueberries, because a healthy pet makes for a happy pet. Unleash your pet's superpower and pick up Wildology cat and dog food at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, fellas. Well, now that we're back, I wanted to ask you about prevention. So if somebody is out in an area and they are walking their dog, they've got their dogs with them, what can they do to prevent their dogs from accidentally getting caught in a trap? Well, it's pretty limited on what they can do, and it really comes down to keeping your dog on a leash. So many of the public use areas require you to have your dog on a leash, Mm -hmm. and so it's not abnormal, but especially if you're just close to city limits, a lot of the trails that are leaving the city limits and going up, that's where we seem to have the most occurrence of dogs being caught. Now, two things going on there. One, your your dog's loose and running loose, or and somebody's maybe setting a trap where 
it might not be the wisest place to set a trap. But mm-hmm. prevention is really restricted to just a dog on a leash, and which leads me to the new, you know, we just adopted a rule that hopefully the legislature will ratify uh, this legislative session, which increases the distance a trap has to be away from the trail. It used to be five feet, or it is five feet from the center of a trail today, mm-hmm. and it will be that way until the end of the legislative session. And then it will change to 10 feet from the edge of a trail. So my follow-up question for that is, why would a trapper want their trap to be that close to a trail that humans would be using? Well, I think the vast majority of trappers would not want their trap anywhere near like a high-used public trail. Mm -hmm. One, because the negative consequences of accidentally catching a pet, but also we don't want a lot of the public or anyone else seeing our catch because we don't want it tampered with. We don't want the animal fighting while it's in the trap. You know, we want it to remain there as calm as possible until it can either be released or dispatched. Mm -hmm. As far as like where people may encounter trap sets, I think probably some of the most common ones are these foothold traps set primarily for coyote, fox, and bobcat. Mm -hmm. Coyotes and foxes, they like to run many of the same travel ways we do. So think of old abandoned roads, cattle paths, and public trails. Mm -hmm. And it's where those multiple trails and roads come together. You know, a lot of animals will leave sign in the form of scat or they'll urinate just like your dog does, like scent post marking. And to kind of communicate to other coyotes and foxes in that area, and those are also really great places to trap. Bobcats tend to like a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. And when I mean that, think of cliff bands of rock. Think if you're out in the middle of like rolling juniper forest where you have a big rock outcropping. Mm-hmm. Those are places where bobcats will come in and do very similar scent territorial markings the same as those canids and those are really popular spots to pursue to set traps okay yeah and i would agree with that and i think for the most part it's not an issue so it's pretty rare that we have domestic dog trap interaction and i think it's the young inexperienced or just flat out inexperienced hunter who is just not aware hasn't thought it through all of the way Mm -hmm. and they might place a trap in a high use area where there's a lot of people and maybe they're new to the area exactly they just don't know didn't think yeah, mm-hmm. just didn't know yeah those are i mean bad things uh i would always recommend that any of the trappers try to avoid those areas high mm-hmm. use areas trailheads places where there you just know that there's going to be a lot of activity that's just not a not well, a wise place to set yeah, a trap and i mean it's actually illegal to set a trap within a hundred yards of any public maintained trail or within a trailhead okay. within a trailhead right so on. like any of those high volume mm-hmm. jumping off points okay for now, obvious reasons yeah. yeah uh now in the state of idaho what times of year are people most likely to encounter trap sets i mean i know there's it's legal to trap probably something all year round, but when are trappers really actually act out there and being very active? Most of the trapping that occurs on dry land is going to start sometime in October and end in February. Um, some species, like beaver, muskrats, will be trapped through the month of March. But those sets are mostly in water sets, which you would be much less likely to encounter. So pretty much October through February is when you would be most likely to encounter a set on dry ground. Right. Wolf seasons will start at the end of August and they'll go through March. Um, but as you mentioned and Corey mentioned, we you could encounter a trap out there any time of the mm-hmm. year. So 
there's just simply not a time where I can say you'll never encounter a trap. The winter is the main is the main effort, mm-hmm. uh, but just be aware that okay. there could be trappers out there because it could simply just be a farmer who's trying to prevent some crop sure. damage, and there's some traps out yeah. there for rock chucks. Gentlemen, where can people go to find out more more resources? I know you mentioned the YouTube videos. Where else should they go? Yeah, so anyone interested in taking either of those trapper education classes we just discussed should mm-hmm. go, again, to our Idaho Fish and Game webpage, and they can sign up for those classes online. If they want, if, Even if they don't want to trap themselves, it's going to be an interesting, like, fun thing to learn about. So okay. recommend anyone having any interest in that should check it out. For those wanting to learn more about traps and the role of trapping and modern-day wildlife management, I would actually recommend... AFWA's fur bearer management. So just Google AFWA fur bearer management okay. and it will take you to a page that has a collection of documents referred to as BMPs or best management practices. And those are guidelines on the trapping of all of North America's fur bears. So the types of traps that are considered efficient humane devices for pursuing those species and also kind of like at the 30,000 foot view gives people some information on why people trap why it's a valuable component to modern day society yeah there's a lot of resources out there and i can't leave without making sure that all of your listeners know that they need to know what the rules are so our trapper rule book it's the upland and fur bear trapper proclamation or rule book Mm mm-hmm Trapping is highly regulated, so it's very important that you go in and read the trapping portion of that line by line. And if you have any questions, contact your local regional office for fish and game or call a conservation officer. Contact somebody that you know is a trapper. The Idaho Trappers Association has lots of resources available as well. Uh, But it's very important that you understand what the rules are before you actually start. Uh, Before we go, I just wanted to kind of share a little bit personally on why trapping to me is such a an engaging and fun thing to do in the outdoors when you think about yourself as a hunting with a rifle or a shotgun or a bow you have an effective range of hundreds of yards with a rifle down to let's say 40 or 50 with a bow or a shotgun when you're trapping you're pursuing some of the most intelligent wily like Sorry to make the joke about Wiley Coyote, <laughs> but like some of the more like intelligent, engaging animals we have in our state, and you are trying to outwit them and convince them to step on something no bigger mm-hmm. than a half of a dollar, and that their noses can smell better than we can see. And you get to go through that process of learning that sign and learning about an animal that's going to be on the landscape that you may rarely ever see, and getting to to figure out that puzzle, make those sets right, humanely and effectively harvest those animals, and then work through the whole process of coming up with like a beautiful pelt that you can hang on your wall or take to market is a really engaging experience that is fun and great the same way as hunting for me is, but it has its own its own little piece that only trapping has. And I think it's one of the greatest things we can do in the outdoors. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been great. I learned a ton. I know everybody else out there did too. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.